Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today, we're going to be talking with the Executive Vice President of the Exit Planning Institute in Cleveland, Ohio. We're going to talk about the subject of exit planning and share some vital and even startling information that you as a business owner really need to know. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break to hear about my business transition readiness program. Do you know what it means to be transition ready? Does the thought of your future business exit bring on feelings of anxiety? If so, you are not alone. In the Business Transition Readiness Program, you'll find the answers to these questions and many more. According to award-winning certified exit planner Julie Keyes, it takes at least five years to prepare an owner and a business for a future exit. The Business Transition Readiness Program will help you unpack the complexities of exit and transition planning, shed light on the unknowns, and help prepare you and your business to exit on your own terms and not someone else's. You can get more info and register for upcoming programs at poisedforexit.com. Just click on Owner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Scott Snyder, who is the Executive Vice President of the Exit Planning Institute in Cleveland, Ohio. And before we get into the show, I would really like to just give you some context about who EPI is and who they are for me. If you've read my book, Poised for Exit, then you probably noticed in the acknowledgement section that I talk about EPI, and I'd just like to um, read a short excerpt so that you've got some context, like I said. So to the Exit Planning Institute and its owners, Chris and Scott Snyder, thank you for having the courage and foresight to take EPI into the stratosphere. Your fortitude and commitment to the exit planning industry has been a major catalyst for expanding awareness and education among advisors from across professional disciplines fostering collaboration, and affecting the exit outcomes for thousands, maybe even millions, of privately held businesses for years to come. So I say that because I want you as the listener to know who we're talking to and the impact that they're having on the exit planning industry in not just the United States, but across the world. So Scott, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for the kind words. You've been a big part of what the Exit Planning Institute has been doing, and, and frankly, across the, the board, and I would say the overall exit planning industry or marketplace as a whole. So thanks for that. I appreciate that. Absolutely. It's a thrill to have you here. I know that you have your own very intriguing story about <laughs> exit plan, about you know being a family business and your own journey as an entrepreneur. Lots uh, to go on there, but I'd also like to have you share a little bit about how EPI <laughs> got started, um, where it is now, and like where you see yourself going in the future as an, as an organization. Yeah, sure. So a lot of big pivots, uh, both as an organization and I think as a, even an exit, exit planning as a, a process and, and uh, as, a, as a process and a marketplace. So mm -hmm. EPI was actually founded back in 2005 off a book called The $10 Trillion Opportunity. So our, our founder, Pete Crispin, uh, is you know considered one of the I guess grandfathers or godfathers of exit planning, and mm -hmm. alongside John Brown, who founded an organization called BEI back in '98. So between 
I would say the early 2000s is where exit planning really started to be a thing. And so really answering the question is that we always talk about is, am I truly really meeting all of my clients, my customers, my business owners' objectives? And I think for a lot of the time, a lot of business advisors are very silo kind of focused. I'm going to focus on my expertise, whether it's financial planning, growing value, personal planning. What ETI right. did back in 2005 is, is combine all three philosophies into one to say, to really have a fulfilling and successful transition, we have to have all three things equal importance and equally aligned. So then dad and I, so my dad, Chris Snyder, uh, who was a SEPA, who is a SEPA, who's part of, was part of the first 100 SEPAs, became a SEPA in 2008, and we got some you know, insider's look at the Exit Planning Institute as, as, as members. And then I sold a company in 2010, and in 2012, we bought the Exit Planning Institute, and we really haven't looked back. And so, um, yeah, so right now, what we, I think the big, perhaps, contribution that Chris and I have made to the Exit Planning Institute or Exit Planning Marketplace or profession is that we started to take some of the concepts that Pete and his business partner, Rich, had and put kind of an execution model around things. And for me, mm-hmm. when looking at EPI back in 2012, you know, it was, this all sounds great, but as a serial entrepreneur myself, it's saying like, well, how do I actually go out and implement this? Mm-hmm. And so we created the value acceleration methodology, yes. which is now the methodology taught within the Exit Planning Institute. And, and here we stand today with a little over 2,000 certified exit planning advisors in the United States market and another couple hundred scattered across 15 other countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're kind of organized through our little think tank or or chapters, which obviously you founded one of the original in in the Twin Cities area. So um, now we teach that, frankly, exit planning is business strategy and there's really nothing different. And I think today it's more important than ever for business owners to realize just that. So that's kind of the brief, I think, you know, history of kind of where we are and, and kind of where we came from. Perfect. Yeah. I um, When I was talking about the acknowledgement I wrote in the book and I said that you guys have impacted hundreds, if not thousands or millions even, you know, you never know how many, right? Yeah. The ripple effect is right. crazy about right. the work that you've done and how that has impacted business owners. I mean, because it goes right through the advisor's hands to the business owner. So I just, I see the work as being so impactful, but let's talk about why exit planning is actually important. Um, You know, I know that EPI, because I was involved in one of the surveys, I know that the state of owner readiness survey is a big piece of research that you guys have done in several different markets across the country over the years. So I know that that really speaks to the why, but maybe you could expand on that and just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think it's more important than ever. We have this thing that that we find called the the five D's, right? These mm-hmm. involuntary things that happen, these unplanned events that happen that force us out of our business. Something like a a major partner dispute, a a divorce, a death of somebody in the in 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 the partnership or the or the sole owner. I would frankly uh, add in there. There's also like uh, stress on the business, or what I would say maybe a sixty and and in today's world is mm-hmm. disease. And so yeah. to me, yeah, frankly, taking something that I think is very near and dear to a lot of our hearts right now, this global pandemic that we're in, we're living in one of these five D's right now that could have caused some serious partner dispute about where mm-hmm. we pivot our company and go. That mm-hmm. could have caused some serious stress on the business that might force us to exit. Uh, and so, you know, what, you know, why I think it's so important and using a very, I think, 
relevant and, and current experience that we're all in in some, some way, shape, or form is that one of the reasons as an owner myself is well, one of the reasons we looked at our business back in March and April and were able to make the pivot is because we live and breathe the own methodology that we teach mm-hmm. is that uh, because we have exit planning isn't something that you're doing 12 or 18 months before you go to quote unquote, sell your company. It's something that you're doing and every single day when you walk in to your office or to your factory or to your store, or whatever it is for you. And that if you're all, if you're well prepared, when something like this happens, our current environment happens, you're able to make that pivot and you might make the pivot just to survive. You might make this pivot to actually pivot and grow. And so uh, I think that, you know, when we look at some of those state of owner readiness survey facts, and if people are interested in that kind of, you know, research, they can go to ownerreadiness.com and, mm-hmm. and understand themselves and their businesses a little bit better. We found that 80% of the businesses put on the marketplace today don't actually sell. The family transitions, frankly, were even worse. Something like, you know, when you're transitioning a business down and in, into the third generation or the second generation, you're like 50% likely to fail or in, 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 in some cases. And then what we also found, found is that from per Price Waterhouse, a Price Waterhouse study was that 75% of owners actually profoundly regretted selling their business just a year after selling it. And it wasn't because they didn't maximize value or minimize taxes. It wasn't even necessarily because they didn't have a sound financial plan. It's because they forgot about all about this personal planning, life after business. Mm-hmm. And so some of those state of owner readiness survey facts led us to say, look, one of the problems is that people concentrate on value growth and exit planning way too late. And so we mm-hmm. wanted to bring exit planning right into the mm-hmm. present, focusing on the now. And not only will you position yourself for a successful exit, but you'll actually drive more income, more profits today into your business if you're focused on on this kind of stuff. So, and it became very, I think, clear to us when we started doing those, you know, readiness surveys and and, and really trying and really starting to understand the the current state of readiness uh, as it relates to privately held companies in, in the United States. I think just getting started, that's like one of the biggest hurdles, isn't it? Just knowing yeah. who to talk to and just getting the process started because I've, yeah. um, I've experienced myself and the clients that I've worked with over the years that their, their tenseness um, releases and they breathe better once they realize it's not the big bad monster that they thought it was going to be that they kept avoiding, you know? <laughs> I do. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 And and so um, talking about, well, family business especially can be a little bit um, more difficult, right? Because there's just more dynamics. There's more going on. You know, people are just afraid they're going to ruin Thanksgiving um, so they don't talk about things. Um, you know, that can always happen, right? I come from a family business, and there was a lot of different things that occurred in that family business, and not all of them were, were rosy, right? And I think it's just kind of part of the course, but... Um, I know because you and Chris are a family business and you've got, you know, all these advisors at your fingertips, plus you wrote the book on exit planning. You guys don't have those problems. Um, but, of course, right. Well, of course you don't, right? Uh, <laughs> but what is the way? We certainly have some, and I could tell you uh, that just last week, Julie, me and, me and dad meet. Uh, on a monthly basis for like a partner meeting for about three hours. And it's typically 
at dad's house. And certainly this time of year, we're on his back patio going through some tactical stuff, but a lot of strategic and, and visionary kind of stuff too. But mm-hmm. we, we certainly have the arguments, right. Or the disagreements mm-hmm. that I think family business have. It's mm-hmm. the way in which we're able to navigate those and still have a great personal relationship that I think makes us a little different. Right. And the reason why is that we utilize exit planning advisors and exit planning tools, mm-hmm. uh, to, to navigate this process is that mm-hmm. it becomes a very open and honest conversation about where we want to go and, and what we want to do. And no, we don't necessarily always agree, but we have a great framework that we work within and we have great advisors surrounding us. So that well, helps us along the way. And, and so smart too, that you've separated the personal relationship from the business because so many times family businesses especially will, it's just real murky, right? There's a lot of overlap and, and there's a lot of baggage that kind of gets brought into the, the business itself, unfortunately. Um, but I'm really glad to hear that you guys, you know, do disagree with each other. You agree to disagree sometimes. That's normal. I guess I'd be afraid if you said that you agreed on everything because then you know for sure that that's not sustainable, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not at all. Right. You just figure it out and you just keep moving forward. So that's awesome. We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for focal points, let's just talk about focal points, like not just EPI's focal points for 2021, but from your perspective and from what you know and, and all the experts that you surround yourself with and the work that you do, you're just in it all the time. And so I'd like to have you share with our listeners what you think should be or will be main focal points for 2021 for business owners. So I think it's a great question, right? So I think if I had to pick like, maybe three, I'd probably hone into uh, kind of what we kind of alluded to or maybe touched on just a few minutes ago. I would say for a business owner in any, whether it's 2021 or 1981, I think all business owners have these three things that float around in their mind. These are the things that like I was up this morning, at, I, I literally had felt like I slept five hours. I rolled over and looked at my phone and it was one seventeen in the morning, right? So these mm-hmm. are the things that like get us up in the morning or keep us up late. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're business, personal, and financial. It's how do I take my business vision and goals, connect them to my personal vision and goals, and then wrap a personal financial strategy around this thing to kind of make this, this investment that is my business uh, work. And so mm-hmm. if I had advice for owners that are maybe entering a, kind of a strategic planning, uh, a strategic planning phase right now and looking into 2021 and beyond from a business standpoint, I'd focus in on the four C's. You actually kind of talked about this. Uh, you didn't talk directly to it, but when I, when I was just listening to you talk about exit planning for me, what I, I don't, for me, owners l- do exit planning every single day. They just don't call it exit planning. And they do it very unintentionally and they don't, they don't do it very strategically or very process oriented or very deliberately. So I think every owner walks into their business every day, caring about their people, their employees. They care about uh, the culture that they work and live within. They care about making their business as efficient as possible. And they certainly care about their customers, not just their experience, but how profitable their revenue is, so on and so forth. Well, those are called the four C's or the four intangible capitals. They're customer, Mm -hmm. uh, structural, social, and human capitals. And so from a business standpoint, I would say a focal point for me, especially coming through the first year here of COVID, is what are the strengths and weaknesses in my business as it relates to the structure, 
the culture, the people, and the customers that make up my company. And mm-hmm. I would rate those. So where where are the holes? Where are where are the risks? Some of them could be very exposed right now, right? Whether your business is doing really good, like I just talked to a guy that owns a mountain bike manufacturing company and his business is booming. And he mm, said, I was yes. nowhere near ready for this growth. Like our business grows by two to 5%, like relatively flat business, good business, have a nice living. And now my business is up like three times what it was supposed to be. And I didn't have the structure to hold this much growth. Like it's yeah. like killing my business right now. So we're making money, but people are overworked processes mm-hmm. way out of date. Mm-hmm. And so, or you have the other person that owns a business that is really down and they're saying, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And so I would say my first focal point would be to focus in on those four C's and understand where your holes are, where your risk is, and then create a plan that begins to mitigate that risk so that you can really protect what you have today so that you could really begin to strategically build in the future. Then I would say every owner, whether you're 34 kind of just starting out or whether you're 74 trying to actually exit, needs a personal plan. It's really they need to understand who they are outside of business and how what, does, what kind of person that makes them inside of business, what really drives them. Uh, so I would look at that. And then I would say, look, if you didn't have a good financial advisor uh, and you didn't involve him or her early on, they need to be a part of that conversation and they need to be a part of it very early so that they know as you move into perhaps a retirement type situation, a sale type situation, that everything is working uh, together. So my three focal points uh, in 2021 would be to understand how ready my company is, understand how attractive my company is in the current marketplace, and then understand my personal vision and my personal financial plan to really make these things all kind of fit together. And so for me, I think that that is where I'd be going regardless of what happens with COVID, whether we we have a comeback economically, whether we have another downturn, whether we stay the same for a few months, this is a great time to plan. And so the people that do really good planning now, when we kind of turn a corner, will be more ready than the next. And there's still money out there. People are still interested in buying businesses. If you, mm-hmm. if you, if the listeners know anything about private equity, mm-hmm. the money's still out there. Right. So I'm saying that the people, the private equity people we talk to, or even the buy, the just general strategic buyers out there that we're talking to, are saying we would buy companies that are ready and attractive still today, even because if they've made a nice pivot through COVID, that even shows some additional strengths. So that's kind of my focal points. I would stick around kind of those three things. No, these are great focal points, actually. Um, Could you speak, though, to the difference between um, what you would deem as being ready and as being attractive in terms of a business Mm. business being ready or a business being attractive? I think people get confused with that. That is a great, great question. So, Mm -hmm. And if certainly business owner listeners on the phone, as a business owner myself, there's certainly a big difference. So you can have a business that looks very attractive. I always describe it as like a a nice new Mercedes. So you got a 2020 Mercedes sitting in the parking lot and you're looking around it and it's clean. It's brand new. It's low miles. It's new tires. And you're looking around this thing and you're like, this is a beautiful vehicle. This is very, very attractive. Mm -hmm. And then you pop open the hood 
and there's no engine in it. So it's not very, very ready to be driven. So thank God that you actually do the did the due diligence to look at if there's an engine before buying the thing, because if you would have bought that thing for a hundred grand, you would have got in, turned the key, nothing would have turned over because there's no, there's no engine in it. So it's not anywhere near ready to be driven off the lot. And that's just like our businesses is that mm-hmm. attractive is, is your business attractive from the outside in ready is, is your business ready to be transitioned from the inside mm-hmm. out? And the, mm-hmm. the, for the owners on the, on the, on, on the podcast today, you have to be able to pause, take a deep breath and look at your business from a buyer's perspective. It's kind of like the ugly baby, right? We always laugh about this inside of the exit planning. It's <laughs> something my dad talks about all the time. I have a younger sister, Ashley. And if I, I could tell you, Julie, if she, uh, if you, if my dad was at a conference and he showed a picture of Ashley on her wedding day and he said, isn't my daughter beautiful? And you and I looked at him and said, yeah, I mean, she's kind of ugly. My dad <laughs> would be irate. Right. And so, sure, right. and it just how, if you're a business owner, I'm, I'm listening. If you're sitting here getting critiqued by a CPA, a consultant mm-hmm. or a financial advisor, so on and so forth about the weak points of your business, well, they're actually trying to do you a favor. They're right. not trying to call your daughter ugly. They're not trying to call your business ugly. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, guys and gals, that 80% of the businesses put on the market today don't sell, and they don't sell because they're ugly, is that they're not ready. And so mm-hmm. ready, then ready again, ready is inside out, but readiness has to be not from the seller's perspective, the current owner's perspective. It has to be from the perspective of the buyer. Absolutely. So attractiveness is how attractive your business is outside in. Readiness is how ready your business is to be transitioned from the inside out. And they're totally different. You could have a very attractive business like the Mercedes that's not very ready. Or unfortunately, you could have a very ready business, but it's not very attractive in the current marketplace for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the kind of difference in readiness and attractive. I think is a really good point, Julie, because this kind of dictates everything exit planning for us. It's a really yeah. a conversation about how attractive and ready and then how prepared personally we are for this, this big, this big event. And it's all those three distinctions that you cannot yeah. overlook any of them. Like you were talking about super duper important. Yes. Yep. So, um, You've already outlined and laid out some really good advice and some good tips for our business owner audience, Scott. Do you have any other tips that you'd like to share before we wrap up today? Sure. I guess maybe there's all kinds of stuff that we could probably talk about, but I think that what's most on my mind today, uh, because it's very relevant today, is that one thing I don't know if we do enough as business owners is... I'm very focused, I guess, this year and moving into next year is is the human component of our business, our people portion. Mm -hmm. And whether it be your customers or, frankly, even more importantly, your own employees, all the way from the the top down, from your executive management team, all the way down to your office assistant, if you can get the whole company involved, even if it's like a one-day Zoom conference retreat or a one-day in-person retreat Mm -hmm. where you could grab – where you as an owner can grab the perspective – from all of your employees. What should we start doing? What should we stop doing? What should we do more of? What are some creative ideas we have? Especially if your business is down and you're looking to kind of redevelop or pivot. My other bit of advice that's maybe not necessarily exit planning director centric is to get the opinion of your people. I just came out of, uh, and I mentioned it Julie, because I just came out of a 
a start stop exercise with my six marketing folks. And there is literally 49 different ideas on the board right now that (laughs) we can go out and implement that I had no idea this was on their minds. And all all I did was given an hour and a half platform to talk about it. So my Mm -hmm. other advice to business owners is I think there's time to pull back, listen to your people and and let them maybe kind of direct, help direct where you want to go. So Mm -hmm. a little, not necessarily exit planning centric, but certainly a part of human capital, which is near and dear to my heart. Well, it's all about business readiness too, because if your people aren't on board and you're not taking care of your key people, then your business isn't really transferable. Absolutely. I mean, if they find out that you're selling, they may, you know, jump ship and we don't want that to happen. So I think it's brilliant that you're getting them involved. Um, You know, it's almost like, you know, you could go back to our conversation about exit planning and being collaborative. You know, you're, you're being collaborative internally with your team and that's everything. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Scott, so tell us, uh, what's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you? Sure. So the easiest thing that they can do, just hop on LinkedIn and type in Scott Snyder. So it's S-N-I-D-E-R. So that's Mm -hmm. a very easy way you can navigate to our company's content. Mm -hmm. You can see the whole thing. If you're specifically looking for exit planning stuff, uh, I would go to earnsepa.com. So that SEPA is spelled C-E-P-A. So Mm -hmm. earnsepa.com. And that could direct you around to data, research, education, Mm-hmm. Uh, it could direct you to, if you're a business owner looking, say, look, who, who the heck does this type of work? Well, they're called certified exit planning advisors. Julie's one of them. You could find people on there as well. So earnseva.com or just type in Scott Snyder at LinkedIn and you can see all about us. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining me here today, Scott. I definitely need to get you back on the show again. There's always so much to talk about. I know. There is. <laughs> there just is. Yeah, very yeah. good. For our listeners, this episode will be available for download on the Poised for Exit website at poisedforexit.com, where you can also get a copy of my book, Poised for Exit. Please do rate and review and subscribe to this show on your favorite podcast platforms. We're all over the place, right? We're on um, iHeartRadio and Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. We really do appreciate your support. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and please join us again next time.